0: Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale
1: University.
0: This is Leslie Powell with the Yale World Fellows Program. I'm speaking today with Wolfgang Preussel, who is one of the 2010 Yale World Fellows. Until recently, Wolfgang was the Brussels bureau chief for the Financial Times Deutschland, and when he leaves Yale in a few short weeks, he will take up his new post as Frankfurt bureau chief for the, for the same paper. He's known for his expertise and advocacy on European integration and has been responsible for a number of years for defining the editorial line of the Financial Times Deutschland on European issues and global governance. It's great to have you here, Wolfgang. Thank you. Tell me how you got into journalism.
1: Actually, I after school, I went to France to do social work. Um, back then, uh, young men were required to either do military service or social work. And afterwards, I wanted to do something uh, in university where I more or less knew what was going to be the job that I uh, would be doing afterwards. And journalism seemed to be something that um, I where, where I could uh, um, have um, the freedom to... Uh, work rather independently, uh, and at the same time um, apply um, some science or some knowledge that I would acquire. So I chose um, to go to, to Cologne, where I did uh, an economics degree and in parallel a journalism school. I had previously in high school worked on a, a city magazine. Uh, and that was actually when I started as a journalist. And I, start, I realized that I liked that. So that's how I got.
0: And so what was your first journalism job after after university? I,
1: I was extremely lucky because after university, I went for a postgraduate uh, program in, in Paris, um, where I studied uh, in the Paris Journalism School with a, with a small group of European postgraduate uh, journalism students as well. And I did a couple of internships with French newspapers writing in French. And then um, the correspondent for the Zeit, which is one of the big weeklies in Germany, Uh, left and he had done exactly he had more or less the same CV as I had so uh, when I learned about this I applied for the job and in the end I was chosen um, I think they they liked what I what I wrote and how I was, but also they said if the previous guy had had uh, the same training and had had also this uh, Parisian experience in this postgraduate journalism program, um, there are chances that it might work well with uh, Wolfgang as well. So I was chosen as uh, his uh, successor, and my first job was sort of a dream job, uh, being a correspondent uh, in a in an interesting city, working for a big mm-hmm. paper which provided uh, for access and uh, interesting stories. So I I was really very lucky and it was a great time.
0: The Financial Times Deutschland, as I understand it, is only about 10 years old. Right. Uh, How does it now fit into the media scene in Germany, being such a new paper?
1: Well, it was, I think, um, you could say throughout Europe, the last major newspaper creation. Uh, Newspapers don't get created a lot because many people think uh, it's no longer a viable business. It was founded uh, actually in 1999. Uh, We put together a core staff and then expanded it to about 150 people. Uh, Our first uh, edition on uh, sale was in February 2000, and we have been uh, appearing ever since. Um, In the beginning, uh, we were regarded with suspicion by our competitors because our uh, willingness from the very start was to to shake up the German uh, newspaper landscape, which was rather boring. There were there were well-established newspapers, who saw their mission more uh, in in sort of uh, providing a, a protocol of what happened, not necessarily being very investigative, investigative or not necessarily drive news in in the sense to, to be the first of uh, having a scoop or um, also to be provocative in the editorial pages. It was a rather boring landscape. And I think our newspaper contributed by increasing the competition and by having a bit more of an aggressive journalistic approach to making the German newspaper landscape a lot more uh, interesting and uh, vi- uh, lively. Um, in the beginning, it was very tough. We started out with about a bit more than 50,000 copies a day Um, But um, I think journalistic quality, uh, also the fact that there were major events that happened that helped uh, from a journalistic point of view, like there was September 11, there was the Afghanistan war, there was uh, the Iraq war, there was the financial crisis, there was uh, the rejected constitution in Europe, all those major international news uh, helped uh, to to shape awareness and the willingness of German readers to have a bigger choice, and that helped us to uh, gain uh, more than a hundred thousand de- readers, which we have t- uh, we, which we have kept since. Um, our newspaper, as as all newspapers in Germany, has been severely affected by the economic crisis. And up until recently, um, advertisement was, was rare. Our newspaper is financing itself mainly via advertisement. Uh, but now, since uh, the economy is picking up, we are a lot more optimistic. But it's still tough. Um, there's also the issue of transition towards the Internet. No no newspaper has so far really figured out how to make money uh, by being more and more dependent on, on, on Internet and by being more and more, uh, being able to less and less rely on on paper. So that that is a major challenge. But that's a challenge that all newspapers face. It's not not, uh, something that my newspaper only faces.
0: I I wanted to ask you about that very issue. Uh, Obviously, here in the States, newspapers are facing a crisis, a business model crisis. Is the same, to the same degree, is that true in Germany?
1: Not to the same degree. We have not had, fortunately... Um, The the death of, um, I think, in the United States, uh, if you count the local newspapers, there were more than 100 newspapers that have shut down in the last years. Um, I think there's even a website, uh, which is sort of a graveyard of of American newspapers. Uh, We have not known that in Germany, but the, the, the trend is the same. Everybody, and that has been now for 10 years when our newspaper started out, uh, people said, Internet is going to be the future. We're still say, say, saying this today. Um, now, um, you, you see, you start to realize that um, there are business models that are uh, about to develop. Uh, the, the big issue is that people are willing to pay for a paper edition but they expect to be delivered the news for free on the internet. It's a bit like if you run a restaurant and you have an all-you-can-eat buffet, but you are not able to charge for it. A restaurant like that will not uh, remain in business for a long time. So the job of journalists and newspaper managers is actually to get people to accept that if they want to have quality journalism, quality editorials, quality news, um, they have to pay for it, as they did when uh, they were buying the papers on paper. Um, Now, some newspapers have started out with business models where they start to charge for individual articles. You have like 10 articles for free uh, for a month, and then you have to pay if you want to have more. And I think this is going to be uh, the future. We have to get people to pay for it. Otherwise, it's not a sustainable business, Mm -hmm. obviously.
0: You're known as a promoter of European integration. Uh, what is your general philosophy on this issue and what specific aspects of integration do you feel you need to stand up for?
1: I think it's rather obvious from a European perspective. Europe is an old continent. Uh, it has been very powerful. It was the center of the world until arguably World War I or World War II. Uh, but since then, uh, the power has shifted. Uh, European countries are comparatively small, especially now that you have major other actors appearing such such as China, India, Brazil, Russia and so on. Uh, So I think the the choice that we have in Europe is um, either we get our act together and agree to pool our sovereignty in important policy issues such as the economy, monetary affairs, but also crucially foreign policy, military affairs. Um, if, if we if we do that, uh, we will be able to shape uh, the world that is emerging uh, and uh, have inputs uh, that is being taken seriously by the others. If we don't, uh, we will face irrelevance. I think that is basically the choice. The problem is that many people do not seem to, it's not a very complicated argument, but many people do not seem to, to, to get that and live in the illusion that we as small to medium-sized countries in Europe still have a, a national future. Even the biggest country in Europe, which is Germany, is comparatively small uh, if you compare it to the US or to China or to India. So we will either be uh, an actor that counts uh, together or we will be irrelevant. That, that is the, basically the choice that we have as Europeans. And Turkey? I personally am in favor of uh, Turkey joining the EU, but I know that at the moment uh, it is something that is highly unlikely to happen. That has to do on the one hand <laughs> with um, uh, sentiment in Europe that has developed over the last year that it's largely hostile. It has increased, uh, the hostility has increased with a very unfortunate debate in Europe about Muslims, about integration and about uh, a sort of a general suspicion to a, towards towards Muslim and Islam. Um, but in all fairness, you also have to say that on the Turkish side, uh, things have changed a lot. Uh, Turkey is very self-confident now, which is a good thing. But uh, I think Turkey increasingly sees itself as a regional power that is less and less dependent on Europe. So I think at the moment we are in a situation where it is perhaps best not to ask the questions, the sort of break it and make it make it or break it question, because it probably if it was asked... Uh, result in, in in a breakup of, of the negotiations. But in the medium term, over the next couple of years, I think both sides have to think about it really, really, really well. And I think from a European perspective, we are an aging continent. We are not horribly dynamic. Uh, Turkey is a very dynamic population. It's growing quickly, uh, in population-wise, but also economically. Um, And it's also, um, uh, it would be the proof that uh, Europe is not a closed-shop thing for for old Christian societies, but it is an an, an open value-based project uh, to which everybody who respects our basic values, regardless of religion or other convictions, can uh, aspire for membership. And I think that's a very important message to, to send out, not only to Turkey, but to the, the world at large. So I, I, w- I would hope that, uh, say, in five or seven years, <coughs> the debate m- may have cooled down a little bit. Everybody is making an assessment and comes to the conclusion that it's a beneficial thing for both sides to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you uh, have spent how many years in Brussels? Five. Five years. So with your move to Frankfurt, does this shift your journalistic focus?
1: Uh, A little bit, uh, but it's also continuity at the same time. What I did, especially since the breakout of the financial crisis in Brussels, was uh, the the most important part of my journalistic beat was to to talk about uh, macroeconomy, about the Eurozone and about the implication of the financial and economic crisis in Europe and in the Eurozone especially. Um, What I will do in Frankfurt, my, my main job will be, to follow uh, European monetary policy, and especially, I will be the uh, um, the, the, the person who covers the European Central Bank. Uh, in journalistic terms, we call that I will be the ECB watcher. So um, I, I will I will also look at the eurozone, but this time it's going to be from the monetary policy side. It's not from the economic policy side. So I I, I see this as a as a as a continuation in a way. But I will also have. Other topics, such as I, I, will, I will be responsible for dealing with uh, the uh, financial supervisory reforms in the context of the G20, the, the group of the 20 most important uh, industrial and emerging countries. And I will also deal with the big international financial institutions, such as the International Monetary Fund. So that that is rather new. And I'm I'm very much looking forward to it because I think those institutions will play a crucial role in in, in the future, especially the G20, which in a way, if things work out well, could emerge as a sort of a, not really a world government, but a a world coordination body. If uh, uh, it, it works in a cooperative manner, it could become potentially a very important body.
0: Well, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks.